Kelly and Kelly. Previously on This Sounds Serious. When Kirk Todd told me that Grand Casino actually exists, I didn't believe him. I made that movie, Gwen. But I went searching for it anyway. Grand Casino. What is that? And with the help of his con man's handbook. Chapter one. Your first lie. I snuck into the eminent studio vault and walked off the lot carrying a couple cases of film reels. Ooh, it's a heavy one. <laughs> Grand Casino exists. And now I'm going to watch it. It's This Sounds Serious, Grand Casino, a CastBox original. because I think it's the only copy, so... Oh, what's the film? Um, that's... It's confidential. I can't disclose it. Oh. I'm in the old projection room at USC Film School. It's a small, dimly lit space. It smells a bit like popcorn and marijuana. I'm going to sit here? Is that... Yeah. It's mostly used for experimental short films now, since hardly anyone shoots on film anymore. But they said I could use their projector. As I watch the film get loaded onto the projector, I'm getting butterflies. I keep going over everything in my head. The lies, the rumors, the legends, and wondering how I ended up here. All right, do you want the lights on or off? Oh, uh, off, please. All right. Thank Thank you. Enjoy. Okay. Here we go. As I begin to watch Grand Casino, the first thing I notice is Kirk Todd's name. It comes up four times in a row. Executive producer Kirk Todd, producer Kirk Todd, director Kirk Todd, written by Kirk Todd. That's basically the first minute of the movie. Kirk's name, as music slowly builds over footage of people gambling in a fancy casino. As the credits continue, I settle in to watch. Okay, all right, I'm going to turn off my recorder now so I can give my undivided attention to this film. Okay, Uh, so I just finished the movie, and uh, it's real. My state of mind right after the movie was a little off. Um, It was a lot to take in. But all that aside, let's talk about the movie, just so I can lay it all out there. There were so many secrets and rumors around it, but what is it actually about? No! I'm ruined! It starts with Vincent Carlyle's character, Greg. He used to be a professional blackjack player, but he lost everything at Grand Casino Las Vegas. He discovers that the casino has been cheating at blackjack, and he vows revenge. They'll pay for this. They'll pay in spades. Bartender, guava and champagne. But then he gets scammed by Isabel Broussard's character, Dominique. But you told me the dice were loaded. Yes, but they were loaded in my favor. (laughs) So then he scams her after bumping into her in a really awkward nude beach scene that comes out of nowhere. 
Oh, hello. We learn Dominique grew up in the circus as a child acrobat. Her father was a grifter and was killed after he tried to scam Grand Casino. She hates the casino just as much as Greg, and that's why they decide to team up. The last words my father ever said to me were, the house always wins, Dominic. The house always wins. Well, you look at me, because tonight we're the house, baby. We're the house. So we're going to be the winning ones. After they fall madly in love, Greg and Dominique dream up their own revenge. They devise a casino heist. But it doesn't go as planned. But I'm right here. Wait. If you're not in the vault, then who is? <laughs> Mr. Tuxedo Top. Goddamn chimpanzee. It's actually a pretty compelling story when you tell it over a minute or two. But the thing is, the movie is two and a half hours long. And I'm no film critic, but it felt like there's a lot of stuff that could have been cut. Okay, now just just ease it in there. Here's the mirrors. Okay, now crank the wheel. Crank the wheel. I'm uh, oh, okay, crank it. Crank, oh, no, you missed it. Okay, I really don't think that we have the time for you to teach me how to parallel park. There's always time to learn. Go again. <laughs> Keep it down back there, tuxedo top. Maybe there's a great movie in there somewhere, but... What I saw was not good. It doesn't work. The writing is full of cliches. The actors are stiff. It's a mess. But what do I know? Maybe I'm too emotionally invested in all this. I feel like I need a second opinion. And fortunately, one of the perks of being plugged into the LA podcast scene is I know just the right people to ask. This is an Earholes podcast. I'm Roy Miles. And I'm Kevin Easton. Today, frost your tips and turn your visors upside down. Because we're stepping up to the 2004 breakout breakdance hit, You Got Served. It's Rotten Popcorn. To get an objective opinion on Grand Casino, I asked my friends Roy and Kevin to watch it. They host Rotten Popcorn, a hilarious podcast that reviews bad movies. Um, did he say helicopter? <laughs> oh my god, what? What about the money? I don't care about the money anymore. I only care about you. If we leave, then we lose. Leaving makes us losers. <laughs> what is she, Yoda? <laughs> leave or don't leave, there is no lose. To leave or not to leave. We sat and watched it together for the full two and a half hours, and they didn't stop making fun of it the whole time. I was losing it. I'll take the money, Vincent. <laughs> no, if we stay, we lose. Can't you see? It's love or money, baby. It's love or... Come on. You fools getting in or not? Whoa, is that helicopter pilot Mr. T? <laughs> uh, actually, it's pronounced helicopter. You have to choose, Dominique. Love or money! Ah! Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what? He just threw the bag of money into the helicopter plane. Why did he do that? <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> Wait. Hold on. <laughs> what? Is that it? Is that, is that the end of the movie? <laughs> That's it? That's... That can't be it. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> oh, Wait. There's a freeze frame of Greg, and it says, Greg moved back to Tulsa, married his high school sweetheart, 
and became a successful bank manager. Oh, the end. Him. Good for him. Oh, no, no. Here's another one. Dominique uh, became a security consultant for casinos to help them so not getting robed. <laughs> okay, that is a typo. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say. That movie was a real tour de farce. I'm. Uh, that was a tour de fart. Hold on, hold on. Wait. It's a turd de farts. <laughs> oh, uh, I think it's pronounced tour de France. So I guess my first instinct was right. Grand Casino isn't great. I gotta give it, and I'm not showing off because you're here, but I gotta give it zero stars. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. Whoa. I think he's completely showing off because you're here. But I agree, it is a perfect zero star movie. I don't know if I've ever seen a studio movie this bad. Maybe Battlefield Earth? Or Gili or Cats. Cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet those studios wish their movies had been stolen too. What I love about Rotten Popcorn is they're not just funny, they're thoughtful. They know exactly what makes a particular movie bad, and they can articulate it perfectly. Uh, it's a real stinkeroony bagoony. <laughs> well, the hallmark of any great bad movie is that it doesn't know how bad it is. Mm-hmm. It takes itself completely seriously, yet it's totally absurd. Yeah, for one, Kirk Todd clearly just got it in his head that stories need a lot of cliffhangers, and so he just put them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, every scene in this movie is a cliffhanger. Wait, I can't let you go through with this heist. I have to! Why? Because, Greg, I'm pregnant. What? That kind of thing might work for TV audiences just trying to kill a weeknight, but when the whole movie is cliffhangers, it's extremely disorienting. Yeah, it's like a bad acid trip. I've never been on an acid trip, good or bad, but they're right about the cliffhangers. They are confusing and relentless. If my father was alive today... He would be ashamed I let them get away with the money. Son! Dad, I am alive. What are you doing with that gun? Oh, oh my God. I can't believe I almost forgot to mention. What is with the rap song that plays over the end credits? I mean, it's so brutal. I actually like that one. You liked it? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's a total banger. Well, Sean told Don and Don told Ron He was trying to get to John before the big con Trying to buy a futon with the phony coupon Like a piece of salad without all the croutons Either way, I think we might have ourselves uh, the room situation here Oh yeah, this could be even bigger than the room If you don't know what they're talking about The Room is a 2003 film by Tommy Wiseau Nobody really knows where it came from or how it was paid for but it's become a cult classic thanks to its memorably offbeat writing and performances. And if they're comparing it to Grand Casino, then my suspicions about the quality of Kirk's movie are confirmed. It's bad. Oh, it's the worst. I want to stop here. Now we know how bad the movie is, and that's an important detail. Because it's so bad, it makes me see things differently. There might be another reason this movie went missing. Kirk says it was stolen by someone, and the studio was so humiliated by the situation that they decided to bury it. But here's another theory. What if Kirk is the one who was humiliated? What if Kirk poured his heart and soul into Grand Casino, and the end result was a disaster? As the release drew nearer, he realized the movie was going to flop. It would be eviscerated by critics, and Kirk was going to be a laughingstock. What if his ego couldn't take it? So the theory is, Kirk sabotaged the release and buried the movie himself. 
It's just a theory, but maybe someone out there could shed some light on this. As the credits roll on Grand Casino, I realize we now have a full crew list from the movie. Each name on the screen is a new voice with a new perspective. After the break, we're tracking down the people who made Grand Casino. Casino, Casino, Grand, Grand! After months of researching Grand Casino and reaching roadblock after roadblock, people refusing to talk, people denying any knowledge of the movie, I now have a new resource, the film credits. This may be the key to unlocking the mystery of Grand Casino and why it went missing. So I start calling around. Eclipse Agency, how may I direct your call? I find a number for the second unit director, Harold Jacobs. Hi, uh, I'm looking for Harold Jacobs, the director. Oh, um, Harold's in jail at the moment. I mean, he's dead. He's in the jail graveyard at the moment. May I take a message? Hollywood Hills Animal Trainers, Lori speaking. Hi, Lori. Uh, I'm looking for an animal trainer by the name of Veronica Moon. Yes. Uh, no. I'm, I'm afraid she can't exactly talk right now. She was, um, trampled, and she can only communicate by blinking. Do you have any yes or no questions? Okay, so maybe the credits aren't the instant breakthrough I was hoping for. After all, it's been 28 years. Some people are impossible to track down, some have died, and some still won't talk. Hello. Hi, is this Simon Brock? Yes. Hi, um, you were a production assistant 30 years ago, is that right? I'm still a production assistant, thank you. It's frustrating. But after days of tracking down names from the credits and reaching dead end after dead end, I finally find someone who doesn't rush off the phone right away. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, that was a hell of a shoot. It was a, a cuckoo experience. This is Danny Jackson, the cinematographer for Grand Casino. Uh, I'm not surprised nobody will talk to you. There's still some fear out there. If a studio won't talk about a movie, people think they better not talk about it either. Hollywood is a superstitious town. But, but, but honestly, I, I think it's best for everyone, especially audiences, if Grand Casino stays disappeared. Because it's, it's really bad. You could tell just from being on set that that thing was a real towering pile of garbage. Just like a heap of dirty diapers. I mean, a, a beautifully shot uh, diaper heap, not to toot my own horn, but... <laughs> She's right about this. It's bad, but I'd say she actually did a good job. The cinematography looks fantastic. In fact, the crew all did a fine job. The music's great, the stunts work, the editing is well-paced. It, it was like working on a bad student film, except with a professional crew. Everyone knew it was going to be terrible, except for Kirk and the lead actors. Kirk was, he was so driven by the excitement of making a movie, he didn't notice anything around him. He, he, didn't, he didn't notice how bad it was. I think Kirk just wasn't a creative guy. He didn't know how to direct a movie. He didn't know how to write a movie. Honestly, I'm not sure he knew how to read. The script made no sense. There were some scenes where you would just put a bunch of question marks and then you'd have to let the actors improvise, which was always a disaster. 
That might explain some of the weirder moments in the movie. Look out, Greg! He has a gun! Don't worry, Dominique. I drank a magical potion that gives me the power to freeze bullets. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I did, back back in the casino. When? Trust me. When we had, when you were in the bathroom. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. That's very good. Uh, so don't worry about the, the bullets. Okay. Here, jump on my motorcycle. Let's get out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think Kirk would be so embarrassed by the movie that he could have been the one who buried it? That's interesting. Uh, not, not what you said. I'm just I'm thinking about this dream I had last night where my skeleton was my mom, you know, and, and what does that mean? <laughs> right? But uh, anyway, I, I, your, your question, I really don't know. You know he, he didn't seem to realize he was making a bad movie. If I were you, I would talk to the editors. They would have been there when he figured out how bad it was. Back in 1991, Kirk said he wanted to work with a French post-production team. You know, we were really excited about the team of Frenchmen he's working with. If they want to blow some of their magical cigarette smoke on this movie, so be it. Before I knew the movie existed, I assumed he just went to France to hide out. But the credits list the editor as Jean-Philippe Brisebois. Although the number I dug up for him didn't have a French country code. It had an L.A. area code. Hello? Oh. Jean-Philippe Brisebois, monteur de cinéma. Uh, uh, hello. Um, do you speak English? I mean, uh, if you need me to. It turns out Jean-Philippe isn't French. He's French-Canadian from Quebec. It's like, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big uh, difference, but I've been living here in uh, Los Angeles for 30 years. He invites me to meet him at his office in East L.A. After spending the last few months here and traveling through different parts of town, I thought I had developed a pretty strong familiarity with the city. But I had never seen this neighborhood before. It's got cobblestone streets with bicycles whizzing past. There are quaint brick buildings with wrought iron railings on the balconies. I see a bakery, a cafe, a deli all with the most bright, beautiful awnings with French words written on them. Hi, Jean-Philippe, Gwen. Hi. Hi. It looks like a Hollywood film set designed to look like a small town in France. But there's one detail that sticks out. Every building is displaying a blue and white flag with four fleur-de-lis on it. No, that's... You don't recognize the the flag of Quebec? Jean-Philippe greets me outside the office of his production company. Bonjour. Yeah, no, don't... I mean, don't, don't say that, no. Just hello is fine. Okay. He's got massive forearms and a weather-beaten face, kind of like a French-Canadian Popeye. He tells me this area is called Little Quebec. Am I saying it properly, Quebec? No. Oh. No. How do you say it? Quebec. He says Little Quebec sprouted up in recent years as more Quebecers moved to L.A. to work with the newfound abundance of French-Canadian filmmakers. Now, tourists, uh, tourists don't really know about this neighborhood, uh, Yet, anyway, uh, it's not in the travel guide or on the show, uh, uh, the cafe and bistro, it's not on uh, Yelp. He takes me for lunch at a poutine restaurant, of all things. Gwen, is it? Gwen? Gwen, yeah, Gwen. Like like the sound that a duck make. Like Gwen, 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 Gwen. That, I've never heard that before. Really? Never no one has ever said I mean, so funny because that's like, the first thing that, yeah. for me, you say, "Oh, my name is Gwen." 
it's like, okay. <laughs> and I ask him about Grand Casino. You know, th- there's a thing that people say about a editing movie, that you can't polish a turd. If it's just a bad movie, you can't fix it in editing. But I disagree with that. I, I, I'm a great editor. I've polished many turds in my career. 32, the last I counted. But uh, Grand Casino, that, <laughs> that was a big turd. Like, a really big uh, turd. Like, uh, you know, uh, back um, uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That that robot uh, triceratops with the uh, tummy ache, and then Laura Dern is digging through that big turd. Grand Casino was a bigger turd than that. I just could not uh, polish that. So, so you do feel like you and Kirk couldn't save it in the edit suite? That's the problem. Me and Kirk. Why? Why does Kirk have to be there? I could have done a better job by myself. But any time that I raise an issue, I got a call from Jack assistant or Kirk assistant reminding me that Kirk is like uh, uh, an auteur, let's say, of a, uh, a visionaire and, and a genius of director. But I did everything I could, but, you know, I, I can't put new actor in the movie. I, I can't rewrite the script. I'm an editor, not a magician, like uh, in Cirque du Soleil. I ask him about my theory. Could Kirk have stolen the movie because he was so humiliated by it? No, no, no. No, Kirk Kirk did not know how bad it was. He loved this movie. He spent much of our time in the edit suite practicing an Oscar speech. He had a lot going for him. I mean, the man could convince anyone of anything except to act good. Just a very bad filmmaker. And that's it. I gotta go uh, back um, anyway to the suite. I've got uh, gonna go polish number uh, thirty-three. Uh, you know, the elusive thirty-third uh, third. Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> that's that's a joke. Yeah, yeah that's no, funny. I'm working on a really terrific movie about uh, sex robot. <laughs> I want to talk about something I brought up earlier in the season. This clip from Kirk's dictaphone. Thank you. He recorded himself having a breakdown during the editing process. Well, you're a phony, goddammit. And when I first talked about this footage, I thought this was Kirk talking to himself about the con he was running and how he was worried it would catch up with him. You're in too deep, man. You're in too deep. He even speaks French and uses the word monteur, which means liar. Bonjour, monsieur monteur. But knowing now that the movie exists, this whole breakdown is cast in a different light. For one thing, if you spell monteur differently, it means editor. He's preparing to meet Jean-Philippe. Bonjour, monsieur monteur. That's what this crisis is all about. All of the anxiety he's expressing isn't about the con, it's about the movie. You can't pull this one off, everyone knows you're phony, God damn it. For all he did to convince people he loved Grand Casino, he loved this movie. He had serious doubts. Ah, oh, come on. It'll never work. But now, for all intents and purposes, my questions have been answered. Yes, Kirk really did make the movie. No, 
he probably wasn't the one who stole it or buried it. He's basically vindicated. He's been telling me the truth since I met him. I started this season trying to tell the story of this mysterious movie that doesn't exist. And to now be the one who uncovered it with the help of the man who made it, it's pretty surreal. But eventually, you have to come back to Earth. And that's exactly what's causing me a fair bit of anxiety. Because right now, I know I'm going to have to go back to that prison. I'm going to have to face Kirk and tell him that I found the movie, I watched it, and I hated it. What's making it worse is that I've been listening to his prison dictaphone recordings, and it sounds like he believes that when he gets out of prison, Hollywood is going to welcome him back. Well, Mr. Spielberg, it's true that I have been in prison for the last 20 years, but I have an idea for your next great movie. It's about a ghost with hepatitis. Kirk has been thinking about getting back to Hollywood ever since he went to prison in 1994. And he seemingly recorded every idea he's had, good or bad. And they're mostly bad. He's completely out of touch with Hollywood. It's strange. Some of his ideas come close to movies that came out while he was locked up, but he clearly must have missed them. It's the story of the Titanic. And it sinks, and it's sad, and yada, yada, yada. But, but it's actually a love story. Uh, it's about a poor guy who meets a rich girl, and uh, you could call it, I don't know, the big sinking boat. And he only seems to know actors who were famous before he went to jail. And it stars Lou Diamond Phillips and Nell Carter. Ooh, that's interesting. So, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm really worried about Kirk. I think underneath the smooth-talking con artist and the slick Hollywood producer, he's a sensitive guy. And when he finds out that his movie is a joke and he won't be welcome back to Hollywood, it could crush him. But right now, none of that matters because of this. Gwen, I've been listening to your podcast with great intrigue. But you are way, way off the mark. The movie that you've been chasing isn't the real story. The movie was just the front for another crime. Because the casino where they shot that movie was robbed. Next time on This Sounds Serious. Was Kirk Todd's directorial debut just a distraction for a real casino heist? It was genius. They were all so excited to be in this big Hollywood heist movie that no one even noticed when Kirk pulled off the oldest trick in the book. The simple but elegant bait and switch. 